welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome to the fifth Sunday of Epiphany. I'm so excited to have you guys back. This has been an absolutely great week for me. And this fifth Sunday of Epiphany for February 4th, 2018 is going to be an exciting one. This is the last Sunday of Epiphany, and so we got a lot of things to kind of dig into. But before we get into that, I want to first thank everyone for all the feedback that I've been getting on this I enjoy it so much. It's been so constructive and so powerful to me. I love hearing how it's been beneficial. I love hearing how ways to make this better, make it more applicable to all of you, because this is for you. This is for you, the listener, to be able to use this information and grow and strengthen your faith. And I'm so excited to hear that it is working, that it is being useful. And I'm extremely excited about that. The second thing I'm extremely excited about is that I got done with the Faith and Science Convocation at Luther Seminary, and man, it was awesome. Made a lot of great connections, made a lot of information just came pouring down on me in so many of the best ways possible, and I'm excited to share that stuff with you. I'm excited to dig into different resources that I got to hopefully be able to make this a better podcast for you, the listener, and to help you guys out. I'm just excited what this can do for you, the listener, and this... As I've stated before, I'm looking at and trying to figure out ways to make this a better podcast, and this was one of the things that I was looking at, and one of the ways that just learning more to help you guys, and so this was definitely a step in the right direction, and I'm excited on where this is going. But what's also exciting this week is the lesson. We have a great lesson for this final week of Epiphany. And we'll kind of go through it like we normally do, starting with the gospel. We're in Mark again, picking up exactly where we left off last week. Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. And this is where... Okay, we got to first do a quick rewind. Last week, as you remember, Jesus is in the synagogue teaching. He casts out a demon of or an unclean spirit out of a person and amazes people. This picks up right where they left off. He leaves the synagogue. He goes with Simon, Andrew, and James and John. Simon's mother-in-law has a fever. He goes and heals her to the point where she is serving them instantly. There is no recuperation process. This is, she's completely healed. The community, the people of the city start bringing the sick, the people with demons. He's casting them out. Then the next morning he gets up and goes to pray. And this is where I think one of the words that we'll kind of get back to is that the companions like Simon and his companions hunted for him in verse 36. You know, they've been searching for him. We'll get into that a little bit more. And Jesus then kind of lays out that he wants to go and share this message throughout Galilee. And his ministry now is moving, continuing to move. So it's exciting, exciting times. The first reading, the Old Testament reading, is out of Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 through 31. This is an interesting reading and a very good reading talking about maybe someone coming to the faith and kind of you know struggling fighting with the the ups and downs of the faith or someone going through the faith and having you know those dry spells at times where it's just hard to continue to go through and i think it kind of sums it up really well 
in verse 30 and 31. Even youth will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So again, kind of an interesting reading. We'll kind of grapple with a little bit more. But the encouragement there in verses 30 and 31 is so powerful. The psalm this week, if your church is doing a psalm, it's Psalm 147, verses 1 through 11 and 20c. And one side note that I will say is if you have been following this podcast along, and especially that this is the last week in Epiphany, go back and look to the different psalms that we have had through this season of Epiphany. It's absolutely wonderful. So many great praise, worship, uh, awe of God psalms in these last few weeks. Worth checking out again. And again, we have this beautiful little thing, you know, getting into the essence of God, that he's a creator, a fixer, and that he's active. He's active in what we're doing. And, oh, it's, it's a great psalm. Absolutely great psalm. And this then concludes our four weeks in 1 Corinthians. Uh, this week it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 through 23. And Paul's kind of laying it all out here uh, that we're called to, to share the gospel and, and not do it for fame. Do it because it's essentially who we are, kind of getting to what your calling is and, and fulfilling it. And, and just how God wants us to be this giving spirit, this giving giving guy who wants us to keep moving forward with our faith. So before I get too much further in this, I just want to, again, I want to say a lot of these insights and stuff, because I'm not an ordained minister, come from Working Preacher, gives me a lot of direction. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher or the Sermon Brainways podcast, there's a lot of great information. I would even recommend for this one, I looked at their 400th episode, which is from 2015, a great little episode kind of giving me a lot of direction and a lot of different insights and the things that help me be able to make this applicable to you guys. And I was able to listen to Matt Skinner, who is on the podcast, and I got to listen to him preach and talk to him briefly after his preaching. He did a great job, great guy. And so I would just highly recommend if you're not using this resource to, t- to take a look into it and really look into it. And that's one of the things from that, that conference, like I stated earlier, I'm super excited to have even more resources to be bringing to you guys. There's a couple ones that I'm really looking into uh, to help me be able to bring you guys even more information from various spots. So as we get into this fifth week and kind of really start breaking down, I want to quickly kind of think back to where we've come with this podcast and what we've covered here in the epiphany season. Because I think when we're looking at especially that final reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is kind of, this is kind of his epiphany moment, I almost want to feel like, kind of wrapping up what we've been talking about. And since we've been covering 1 Corinthians most of the way through this epiphany season, it's it 
it's a good moment to reflect. So the first week, the first podcast that I came out with was the baptism of Jesus in the gospel of Mark. And that's where we kind of covered baptism and water. And we had these images from the Psalm talking about the trees of Lebanon and leaping like a calf and what worship looks like, but also the amazing qualities of water and how it's able to cleanse us and how it's just this amazing, amazing substance that God has given us. We then get into the second week, which was out of John's gospel. And he we talked about, it was John's version of calling the disciples. And we got into relationships. And that's when we got into talking about the whooping crane recovery and sandhill cranes and how they communicate and work together. And kind of how humans, in this case, have really helped the whooping crane. But then also how cranes, but the sandhill crane and how their migration and how they communicate. Then we got into calling uh, the third week, which was Mark's gospel on calling the disciples. And we got into kind of this, this way of calling from the cellular level and how we all started as stem cells and every part of us started as stem cells. And we it goes through the hippocampus and it decides then what type of cells do we need right now and how the lives of these cells are going to drastically differ based on what it what the body needs but it's it's so it's still part of the mission of the body to be able to serve the human that it's that it's providing for and then how we're each called we've come from the same maker and each of us are called to a different calling a different mission to fit the body of christ last week we had this difficult reading but kind of cutting through the noise that was this got this message of how we need the faith to still be first and that science can't supersede the faith and that there's problems if that does and how the challenge in the today's world is figuring out who are the prophets who are the people that are speaking to us now to help us cut through the noise who are our like martin luther king juniors who are our jesuses who are our pauls out in the world today that are that are making these statements. And so this week, I really want to focus on community because we get that in the Gospel of Mark here, but I feel like it's kind of an overarching theme throughout this, and I think it wraps up this season of Epiphany really, really well. So I kind of want to start with the Old Testament reading and kind of the reason why we, we need this community. And as, and as we I talked about with verses 30 and 31 that I read to you guys, we have all experienced those times where it's really, really hard. And a lot of times, and I can't speak for you, but I know for me, there's times where like, yeah, I'll go, I'll talk to people. I really feel that urge. But there's definitely times too where you just... Well, I'll just meditate on it. I'll I'll talk with God on it. Uh, I'll work on it. And sometimes that works, but sometimes it's really isolating and it can makes you feel really alone. It makes you feel like, am I the only one going through this? And and that's where I'm going to quickly then jump to this Gospel of Mark when they have the community are bringing the sick and the and the ones with demons, and you could figure the ones who were, who were in awe of Jesus, the people who 
we're you know trying to figure out what this all meant, what was all going on. You know, going back to some of these readings in Corinthians and and, and figuring out what does it mean to be a Christian, what does it mean, and it, it, it's it's so we need this. We need this community. We need these people around us to help us, to guide us through these times. You know, and Jesus must have been some type of really appealing guy, like the one of those people that you just wanted to hang out with. Because I talked about when I was going through the gospel, the word hunted. And if you think about the word hunted, hunted is a word that we deliberately use when you're actively seeking something. Before I went up to the conference, the end of last week, I actually went up uh, about three hours north of me to get there by sunrise to go and look and try to get pictures of great gray owls, and I was successful. But as I was driving literally in the middle of the night, one of the things that occurred to me as I was going through this is I am crazy. I am a bit crazy because I had heard that they were up there. I I felt decent about that they were there based on knowing, you know, this is a typical pattern for great gray owls to fly into northern Minnesota during these winter seasons to hunt hunt and look for food. I had known people who had gone up there, but there was still the risk. There was still the aspect of were they going to be there? What was going, you know, was it going to be successful? Was I going to be able to get the pictures and images that I was hoping I'd get that were in the back of my head and I was able to? But there is a bit of crazy there as I'm hunting for these owls. And if we think about it, these people were so drawn that they were actively looking at, actively seeking Jesus. They want to be around him. There's something different about this guy. And if you think about even just this that whole day, possibly that he was in the synagogue teaching, casts out a demon, goes to, you know, goes into a private setting with Simon, Simon's mother-in-law, cures her fever. They find him. They suddenly, okay, he starts helping all these people. Why wouldn't you want to be around him? I mean, it's not putting it in the as a life of the party, but in a way he was. Like, how crazy. This just must have been earth-shattering. How fast, how amazing this was happening right in front of them. It's amazing to think about that. And it ties so beautifully into the psalm that we have that, that the praise the Lord is the one verse in verse 20. And we get this beautiful psalm talking about how God is a is active. He's a fixer. He's a maker. He's made all these things. He's doing all these things. Look at God. Sing to God with thanksgiving. Make a melody to God on the lyre. Verse 7. Just, he actively just sing praise to this guy. And, and it gets into, you know, this, this, this call then in 1 Corinthians of from Paul kind of that that should just be who we are because God calls us into this but I think as we see from the first reading and from the gospel reading that we need the community is needed community people want to be around each other we created them that way 
And I see this, and one example of this is, is bees, honeybees in particular. And if you know a beekeeper, uh, this has been something that's been coming out. It's kind of always been understanding how do bees know where flowers are? It's, it's a reasonable thing. And if you've been out in nature enough, you realize that not all flowers flower at the same time. And so in a hive dynamic, you have drone bees, which are the male bees, really don't do that much, to be perfectly honest. You have the queen bee who kind of has all the young and kind of runs the hive, makes sure things are stays in order. And you have all the worker bees. And all the worker bees have to go out and find, find nectar, find pollen to find pollen to be able to create this honey, create royal jelly for their young, create the the food for the winter. And so it's a big job. And when you when these bees go out and they come back that they found something. They have a distinctive dance, and I'll, I'll have a video attached below in the email explaining kind of how, how it all works. But it's essentially they have they gather them all, all the as many as they can around them to parlay their message, and then they based off of like how long they walk and which direction they walk, and then they have this waggle they call it, where they sh- literally, they shake their butt and it tells them how, how long it is in this direction till the flowers so that they can have more bees go out and confirm that and share that with more people, you know, more worker bees so that more bees can go there and so that they can harvest the pollen that they need to create the honey for their hive for the winter. And, and it's, and it's really kind of cool. And if you've had honey from like local honey farmers, one of the things to ask them is ask them if it's spring harvest or fall harvest. And and believe it or not, I have a, a cousin, a distant cousin who is a beekeeper, and there is distinct taste differences based on the flowers that they're getting their pollen from. And so it's really kind of neat if you get the opportunity. I highly recommend looking into that and that's partially why this bee crisis that we're going through colony collapse disorder is such a big issue we you know apples so many different foods that we eat depend on bees and and them pollinating these plants to help them grow but it's it's this dependence the colony wouldn't be able, the hive wouldn't be able to survive without the work of everybody. And one of the things I actually I picked up from the conference uh, from Dr. Rich Mel, uh, Melheim, and I'll have to, I'm getting his book in the mail, and I'll try attaching links to that his book below, but he brought up that as they've been studying the brain and different things, this has even gone into, you know, bees, and as bees get older and they get retired from being a worker bee, they have two options. They can either go and help the young, help the larvae, and as they figure out who's like the next queen and help the young learn how to be worker bees, the rest of them, or they can sit there and do nothing. And the bees that live longer 
are the ones who go and help the young. And if I'm remembering his statistic correctly, it was 30%, which is significant for a bee as their wings are growing more brittle. And if you think about it, that's a long time. It's 30% longer. And if you if we think about like what Paul talks about later in Acts about the church, how it's supposed to be this like intergenerational church and how we're working together and how it's such a community base that we need to be working all together for this goal. Understanding, you know, that we have different roles, different abilities, different callings, but it's all toward the big calling of what God is calling us to do. So as we kind of wrap up this, this last Sunday of Epiphany, think about the hive that you call home. It can be your ho- your home home, your family, your 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 classmates, your roommates, your church community, your work community. What is that looking like? What are the skills and abilities? What are the different things? And how is that benefiting God? How are you sharing that message that Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians? That, you know, to the Jews I became a Jew in order to win Jews. Are you adapting? Are you working within the constraints, the places that God's putting you in to be able to fulfill the mission that God has given you? Are you trying your best to find flowers to provide for your hive? Are you then, when you're getting the message, going and finding it and bringing it back and sharing that message with more people? I know for myself that this is something that I continue to have to work on. There's always room for growth and we always know that there are dry patches the things get hard and that's why we have communities like this and communities like your church to help you through those dry spells that Isaiah kind of talks about but remembering that God's going to work with you God's going to fill you up God's going to renew you and then God's going to send you out and continue to, to tell the message so I thank you guys again for tuning in and listening I'm excited to hear your feedback, but I'll leave you with one last thing. I pray that God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.